Looking back over the last almost two years, some of the things I have loved most about my time as curate here at All Saints are all the stories. The stories we have gotten to tell each other in person as we have slowly returned to life as nearly normal. The stories you tell about this place in years past. The stories, both hopeful and painful, that are being told as part of our anti-racist efforts as we learn more about our history. The many, many stories about how God has been present among us here in this place for a long time. Stories. Jesus loved to tell stories. And in the Gospels, as they have been passed down to us, stories appear to be Jesus' favorite way of teaching. Now, he, he does quite a bit of what we might call preaching, for sure, but most of all, he tells stories. He tells parables, these little stories that help whoever he's talking to get some point. As we just heard this morning, when the Pharisees and the scribes get upset because Jesus is hanging out with sinners, people like tax collectors, Jesus doesn't respond with a sermon or with an argument. He doesn't say, now here's how it is. Instead, he says, there was a man who had two sons. And he tells them what we now call the parable of the prodigal son. Now the cool thing about parables is that they invite whoever's listening into the story. Jesus tells these stories in such a way that the audience is left understanding more about themselves and about their own world because of the little detour they've just taken out of it and into the story. In this case, when Jesus gets to the end of the parable, the Pharisees must realize that Jesus has described them that he has put them into the story as the older brother, grumpy, standing outside, not happy because his younger brother, the sinner, has been welcomed home so generously. They realize who they are because of who they've been in the story. Now, the other cool thing about parables they don't just get told once. We all heard the story today, too. So, who are you in this story? Are you the younger son, returning home in desperation, hoping to be treated no better than one of the servants, if only it means that you can be home? Or perhaps you are the older son, full of anger, because you've done everything right 
and you still haven't gotten the attention you feel you deserve. Or maybe you're the father, who seems to be the main character of this story, actually. The father who is tripping over himself to welcome his son home, forgetting all the wrong that he has done, running towards the returning one. And then going out a second time, searching for his other son, showing him the same compassion and love that he showed the first. Are you maybe another character watching this take place? One of the curious hired hands, or maybe that employer in the distant country? Who are you in this story? When I was in high school, I got to play the older brother one Sunday morning in church, dramatically, in costume, walking up and down the aisles, complaining loudly about my prodigal younger brother. It was so fun. <laughs> the late Roman Catholic priest and author Henry Nouwen writes about this story in his book, the return of the prodigal son. It's inspired by the beautiful painting of the same name by the Dutch master Rembrandt. Nouwen writes movingly about how Rembrandt's vis visual depiction of the story helped Nouwen realize that he had spent his whole life being one of the other characters in the story. He had spent his life being a safe bystander in the story of God's love for humanity. And the challenge that he felt to move into the exposed, uncomfortable position of the lost son, letting himself be loved by his father, letting himself be loved by the God who wanted nothing else than to love him extravagantly. Who are you in this story? Who's God in this story? For that's the thing about Jesus and his parables. They teach us who we are, and at the very same time, they teach us who God is. Now, we could probably spend the rest of the morning talking about this classic story. I'm afraid we don't have time for that. But here's what you can do. When you go home today, read this story. Read this parable, again, to yourself or with your family. Get on the internet and find Rembrandt's painting, The Return of the Prodigal Son. And ask yourself, who am I in this story? And just one suggestion from the preacher to you. Don't be afraid to be the younger son. Do not be afraid to be the one who in the midst of his exile came to himself and said, I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your child. Do not be afraid to be in that place. That is the necessary place for the Christian life. For that is the place we all must go when we realize that we can't do this on our own. The place we go when we've spent all we have and still haven't figured it out. The place we must go every time we confess our sins and every time we stand empty with outstretched hands, with nothing to give, hoping only to receive. Because, friends, it's in that place, surely, it is in that place where we will look up and see the Father running out to sweep us off our feet, to embrace us before we can even get those words out, and to lead us home and kill the fatted calf and rejoice. At all times of year, but especially in Lent, we must keep our eyes fixed on the cross. For on that cross, Jesus opens up his arms like a loving father, welcoming us home. This is the parent we come home to. His arms are open for everyone. We will never be turned away. Amen.